Hi, Halima Hiadine here. Today, we are back from a summer hiatus. In the next few months, you won't be hearing from Malika Bilal as often. She's out for a bit on maternity leave, but she left some stories we will listen to in the next few weeks. Now, let's start the show. Shireen Abouakleh was killed almost four months ago now, in the occupied West Bank city of Janine. She was there with her press vest and helmet to do her job, to cover the news. First, they shoot the building, then they shoot Ali, then they shoot Shireen, and they're still shooting to me. They're trying to shoot all the time. There is shooting come. Shedda Hanaisha was there, next to Shireen. Now, she has one request. Prove the shooting. It's for us, for the journalists, for Shireen. We need the justice. At this point, there have been half a dozen investigations, all pointing to the fact that Israeli snipers targeted Shireen. But neither the Israeli army nor the American government have come to that same conclusion, not definitively, not yet. So, according to Shireen's family, Al Jazeera, Shedda and everyone who loved her and watched her around the Arabic-speaking world, there's more to be done. The targeting of journalists in conflict zones is considered a war crime. So today, we're looking at what happened with the Israeli investigation. Monday, we'll look at the American one to find out what's missing and what many people think went wrong. I'm Hala Mohiedin, and this is The Take. That day, 11 May, I remember that day very clear. Because I remember when I saw Shireen. Shedda Hanaisa is a Palestinian journalist from Janine. I work with a Palestinian website called Ultra Palestine. And I'm freelance with Middle East Eye and some local uh, websites. I remember, first of all, I remember when I woke up that morning, my colleague called me and told me there is an operation in Janine camp. I wake up and I wake up and start checking my phone, trying to figure out what happened. I remember he asked me, do you want to go? And I told him, yeah, yeah, of course, I'm coming. So Shedda started getting ready. It was still early, 5 a.m., but she put on her bulletproof vest, marked PRESS, with the big white capital letters on the front and back, and the matching dark blue helmet. And I remember when I arrived, it was a quiet day, and I asked my colleagues, where's the, the soldiers, where's the army? Everything was quiet. Then the Al Jazeera team arrived, Shedda says. First, Ali Samoudi, the producer. And Ali come to tell us that Shireen's coming, wait a few minutes. So, of course, they waited. Shireen Abouakle wasn't just a colleague, she was Shedda's hero. Shedda's 29, and she grew up watching Shireen. Shireen 
شيرين أبو عاقلة الجزيرة البيرة فلسطين شيرين أبو عاقلة الجزيرة رام الله فلسطين And I always saw her speaking about what happened going here and there from camp to the city to the village around Palestine. For 25 years, Shed had been watching Shireen. When I was young, I was acting like her, speaking like her, doing what she do in the TV. Known to the world by her famous tagline. Shireen Abaqli, Al Jazeera, Al Quds, Palestine. It wasn't until two years ago that Shedat got to know her as just Shireen. My first time I went to Shireen, I introduced myself. I told her I work as a journalist and she was very kind with me. Then, a little later, she met Shireen again. And when she saw me, she said, Hi Shedat, how are you? And I was shocked. Oh my God, she remembered me and this was amazing. And I remember... I told my family, and they told me, wow, she's become your colleague now. May 11th would be the third time the two would meet. And then when Shireen came, we start walking in that side street. Everything was quiet. There is no clashes, no boys who throw stones. And we start laughing together, joking. And I remember that morning very clear because I remember how happy we were, all of us. And the guys in the street, they were joking with us and they asking us about if they can come with us. And we told them, no, no, it's not safe. I asked my colleague Mujahid, where is the soldiers? And he told me, you didn't see them? And I just moved my head a little bit and I saw them. Mujahid is another colleague. He works for several Arabic channels and he also knows Shireen. I knew about Shireen since I was a kid. That's 20 years now. Specifically since about the year 2000 when she became really well known for how strong she was on Al Jazeera. She and I became close over the last three years and especially over the last year. She was calm, really professional, really balanced in her work. She never liked loud noises. She belonged to Palestine and to her hometown, Jerusalem. Shireen really respected humanity. He told us the same story Shedda had about that morning. At around 5.45 in the morning, we reached the area together where the Israeli occupation army was conducting the raid. We waited there for a while uh, until we met up with our colleague Shada Hanaysha, who's another journalist, and Ali Samoudi, who sometimes works with Al Jazeera as a producer. They knew where the soldiers were, but they were trying to make sure if things started to kick off, the soldiers saw them. They were pretty obvious, Shedda said. We were six people, six journalists, all of us wearing the vest that had a big press in it. And we stand there to take photos, videos, to know what happened around. And it's near uh, a building. And we hear the first shot. 
قطرات الأمطار بعد The occupation forces started shooting at us, and as soon as they started shooting, I told Shireen and my other colleagues, the shooting at us, we're the targets. And that's when Mujahid started screaming and told us that the shooting on us and told us, come here. I told him, I can't come because the best, the media best. And I told him the best is heavy. As soon as I realized what was happening, I jumped behind the wall that was next to the street we were walking on. When the shooting starts, we run through early occupation vehicles. We run from them. When I hide to the tree, I hide from them. They know that we are journalists. They're shooting us. And then I start returning with Shireen. The first bullet hit the building. The second bullet hit our colleague Ali. After that, I remember hearing screams from Shada. Then Shireen's voice. She said Ali had been hit, but she said it calmly. Then Shireen told me that Ali got injured. And I'm hiding from it's the Israeli soldiers. Until now, I can't remember how I reached the, the tree. If you've seen any of the coverage of what happened that day, you've seen the big carob tree. Shireen was on one side and Shada was on the other. I remember just standing next to the tree and looking to Shireen, waiting her to come. But the bullets came first. The third bullet was the one that hit Shireen in the head. And then I saw Shireen when she pulled to the ground. I thought maybe she just fall. I was trying to reach Shireen, there is shooting coming to us. I trying to touch Shireen, there is shooting come. When the guy who helped us, when he tried to come from the middle of the street, there is shooting. And when I saw her, she didn't move, ever. Eventually, someone led Shada over a wall to safety and went back for Shireen. She'd been shot in the head between her press vest and the helmet. The ambulance arrived. She was taken to hospital and pronounced dead. Until now, everything I do in my life, I just think about Shireen. I think about that moment when she was next to me in the ground. We need justice for her. We need to know who shoot her, who kill her, who tried to kill me, who shoot Ali, who tried to kill my colleague Mujahid, who, who shooting and who killed Shireen. For Shedda, it's clear. The Israeli soldiers are shooting us. They saw us. I'm very sure that they saw us. All the bullets come, they shoot to us. Mujahid also has no doubt. But there's another question. Who gave the order to shoot? The shooter might have just been a soldier carrying out an order to shoot journalists, but it wasn't his personal call. Who gave the order? What did the Israelis find out? Stick with us. We'll be right back after the break. 
Hello, I'm Charles Dance, your narrator for Hindsight, an original podcast by Al Jazeera. In Season 4, we carry on exploring the lives of history's most notable figures, from Rosa Parks to Pol Pot. We meet the people who changed the way we think about our world, and those who left it marked by their infamy. Hindsight from Al Jazeera, wherever you get your podcasts. CNN, The New York Times, The Washington Post, AP, The Investigative Journalists at Bellingcat, the Israeli human rights organization Betselem, and the United Nations all point to Israeli soldiers as the ones who shot Shireen. Ravina Shamdasani is the spokesperson for the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights. All the information we have gathered, including official documentation from the Israeli military and the Palestinian Attorney General, is consistent with the finding that the shots that killed Abu Akleh and injured her colleague came from Israeli security forces and not from indiscriminate firing by armed Palestinians, as was initially claimed by the Israeli authorities. The Palestinian Authority added that they were targeted attacks. The Attorney General here said that they were more than 160 centimeters, which means that they were targeted to kill. They refused to cooperate in a joint investigation with Israel and passed the bullet on to American authorities over the 4th of July weekend. The U.S. State Department said Israeli gunfire was, quote, likely responsible for Shireen Abu Akleh's death. But Israeli authorities claimed they tested the bullet while it was in American custody at Israeli labs, despite the Palestinian Authority. Inconclusive. That's the result of a long-awaited and long-disputed probe into the bullet that killed Palestinian-American journalist Shireen Abu Akleh in May. How did this happen and why? That's what we wanted to find out. So we started with Dror Sadot, an Israeli who works with the Israeli rights group, Betselem. And one of the things we're doing is investigate cases of Palestinian fatalities in the West Bank and Gaza. The first tweet from the Israeli military on May 11th about a Palestinian journalist being shot in Jenin said there would be an investigation. But Dror was sceptical even before that. In fact, Betselem started their own investigation just moments after hearing Shireen had been shot. Basically, after we heard the reports there was a killing in Janine and that the journalist that Shireen was killed, our field researcher went to the field and the same morning after the killing, the army and also the prime minister then and Naftali Bennett, they kept on posting a video of Palestinian uh, shooting as if those are the ones who killed Shirin Abu Akleh. Dror had an investigator in the field, and as they watched this video, which was put out by the Israeli government, they sent their investigator to that same location where the government video was shot. So our field researcher in Janine went to the same exact place, and it was far, far away and with a lot of walls in the middle. Uh, so it was obvious that there was no connection between this footage and the killing of Shireen. Within hours, Betselem had their own diagrams, videos and article up on social media showing that what the Israelis were putting out there just wasn't true. 
So I think it was very important for us to respond quickly to the situation, just to show how the Israel propaganda works. But going forward, Dror didn't have a lot of faith that Israel would do a better job. They look at the deaths of Palestinians killed by the Israeli military all the time. Then we can say clearly that there is no truthful investigation in the side of Israel. We have decades of experience showing that the Israeli enforcement system has nothing to do with justice or finding out the truth. Israel just understands that it can continue with the occupation and what follows, which is obviously situations like the one in which Shirina Bakle was killed. Dan Owen is also Israeli and the author of a report with the Israeli rights group Yesh Din, digging into the policy of Israel's military when it comes to these sorts of investigations. In many cases, we have access to the investigation materials. But Dan was struck by Israel's response in this case. I was honestly surprised when they decided not to open an investigation. They're not even trying to keep this facade anymore. A journalist has been killed and the Israeli military says that there's nothing to investigate. In 2011, the Israeli military changed its policy. So any death of a Palestinian who was killed by soldiers in the West Bank will require the immediate opening of a criminal investigation. This is only for situations that are not of real combat nature. But Dan says this is very subjective. Very much subjective. We do know that soldiers are allowed to shoot and even kill Palestinians when they feel their lives or the lives of their surroundings are in immediate danger. And even if an investigation is opened, it's just a preliminary investigation. This is not a uh, criminal investigation. This would be a complaint. In most cases, then the military advocate general will decide whether or not to open an investigation. From our report regarding 2019-2020, the military received 273 complaints All right, regarding violence against Palestinians or destruction of property by soldiers. Out of these 273 complaints, only 56 investigations were opened. Now, out of these 56 investigations, only four led to an indictment of soldiers. It's worth repeating, only four led to an indictment. In most cases, the investigation is mostly talking to the victim or talking to one of the soldiers, investigating, holding an interview with one of the soldiers. It really... It differs between case to case, but as a whole, I can say that most investigations are just a complete failure. They are nothing like a, a criminal investigation that you're used to see in the police. All of this is what happens in the cases Dan's looked at. Dan hasn't looked into the specifics of Israel's investigation into what happened to Shireen. We spoke with Shedda, Mujahid and other witnesses. None of them were contacted by the Israeli authorities. The Palestinian Authority interviewed witnesses, they took measurements, and they came to the conclusion that Israeli forces targeted Shireen. CNN had an expert look at the bullet markings on the carob tree. The New York Times visited the site four times and consulted with an acoustics expert in Montana. 
They also came to the conclusion that Israeli shooters, not Palestinians, fired the shot. Israel could do a more thorough investigation, Dan says. Based upon basically the operation, the debriefing within the unit. We spoke with a former soldier who confirmed that almost everything that happens in the Israeli army is documented. For instance, in the case of Shireen, the Israeli army says they have the weapon that was used. They released some of the soldiers' body camera footage that they say is from that day. Any unit within the army, especially combatant uh, ones, they have like operational tools which record beginning with the use of weapons, how many bullets were shot, etc., etc. Dan's seen this evidence used. Then in many cases, the investigation or even the preliminary inquiry will rely heavily upon these operational debriefings, which record all these all this data concerning the operations. We reached out to the Israeli military by phone and email. They did not respond. But in a press statement, they say, quote, soldiers did not recognise journalists in the area throughout the activity and certainly did not deliberately fire at journalists. They also say their investigation is not done. In the preliminary investigation, they claim a soldier who they've not identified with the elite Duvdevan unit fired in the direction of Shireen. They say he thought he was firing at gunmen near the journalists. The MDT David vehicles at the scene can hold up to eight soldiers. Based on what he's seen, Dan says the military has the means to know exactly who fired at Shireen, but lack the will to investigate the shooting. Behind the soldier, there's a whole system leading to that moment where the soldier opens fire upon a, a Palestinian teen or a woman or... Or a journalist. And that system is the same system that is supposed to investigate uh, the soldier. So when it comes to investigating who gave the orders, who's responsible for the allowing soldiers to open fire at Palestinians who are not any kind of threat. The Israeli army is supposed to investigate itself. The Duvdevan unit has been described as a secret extermination unit. Soldiers often go undercover, disguising themselves as Palestinians. It was described to us by a former member of the military as mosquito-like, extremely precise. But when it comes to identifying who shot and killed Shireen Abu Akleh, they've come up short. And Dan says that's exactly what Israel wants. He explains this using a high-profile case of an Israeli officer shooting a Palestinian child in the back at close range in 2020. This is a high-ranking officer. It's not a small soldier. He calmly walked outside the jeep chased the child and shot him in the back and killed him on the spot, went back to the jeep and drove off. So he was about to be promoted. There was a petition against that and the petition was denied and he got his promotion. We also spoke with an Israeli journalist who was shot by the military. He did not want to be interviewed, but he told us that he gave up on the case in the courts. Even for members of the Israeli military who were shot and killed by other soldiers, going up against your own is tough. No one within the Israeli public seems to question how come 
soldiers open fire so easily at another person, resulting in death. Nobody actually asks that question. Sheda, Mujahid, Al Jazeera, and the family of Shireen Abu Akleh and her millions of fans throughout the Arab world haven't given up, though. We deserve to know, but I know that they don't want anyone to speak about what happened. They don't want anyone to, to, to tell the truth about what really happened in Palestine. Al Jazeera's taken the case to the International Criminal Court, And as you'll hear on Monday, Shireen's family is pushing for justice from the United States. And Dan says that may offer hope. First off, an American investigation would be very welcomed. This would be nothing like an Israeli investigation. This would be an investigation that is external, that can actually reach some sort of truth and can actually get some type of accountability. Israel is very much dependent uh, on the U.S. when it comes to almost anything, security, economics, etc. I believe the U.S. has a lot of power when it comes to changing policies and actions that Israel has been doing for the past 55 years. On Monday, we'll have part two, the American investigation. For now... That's The Take. This episode was produced by Amy Walters with Nagin Oliai, Ruby Saman, Alexandra Locke, Chloe K. Lee and me, Hala Mahiadeen. Our sound designer is Alex Roldan and our engagement producers are Aya Al-Malaik and Adam Abugad. Ney Alvarez is our head of audio. And a special thanks to Saad Turjman and Mohamed Al-Safin. We'll be back.